What is up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Primetime Patriots. For all of you guys on our Spotify, and if you guys are watching this live from our YouTube, um, we have a special guest, Emily Rinaldi. I hope, hopefully I said that correctly. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so, Emily, tell them a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what school you go to and kind of stuff like that. Don't give out too much information. because. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So my name is Emily. I am a sophomore in college. I'm currently actually studying speech pathology with a double minor in economics and deaf studies. A little bit of a weird, weird background there. I go to the College of New Jersey um, and I have a TikTok account, which is actually how I got in contact with Blake. It is yeah. called The American Pigeon. And we basically um, are a small media platform on, we have a website and Instagram and a TikTok where we just talk about conservative politics from a younger unique perspective. Um, and I am from New York City. So I'm from a very not conservative area to say the least. So yeah, that's basically why we started it. We wanted to offer a little bit of a different approach to politics than the average person my age or Jacob, who is the other person on the account. He's around 22, I think. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to offer a little bit of um, a different alternative than just like what everybody's constantly consuming elsewhere. Right. So like, um, were you always a conservative or did you or did you establish later on in life? And did you come from like a conservative family or was it more liberal? So my family is pretty conservative. But when I was growing up, it was never like, yeah, we're Republican. It was just more they taught me like conservative values for the most part, like hard work. You reap what you sow, that kind of thing. Right. But and my mom is actually an immigrant from Ireland. So she came from a very socialized country. I don't want to say socialism, but very like publicized country. And from a young age, she was always like, that's not good. And I don't know. I was just always interested in politics. It was something I was always like inclined to. Right. Um, I don't know why I was a weird kid. But as I got older, I went to high school. I was in New York City public high school my entire life, which you can imagine is as bad as it sounds. And when I was in high school, um, I was like a freshman when the election with Hillary and Trump was. So okay. everybody was like. I, I knew that my family was voting for Trump and I knew that he was conservative. And I always, I was like, at that point, I already knew I was a conservative, but people were like, he's a Nazi. He's this, he's that. And I was like, I don't want to be associated with like a Nazi. Right. So I kind of stepped away from politics. Um, not that I was super involved with it at that point, but I knew what I believed. So I just kind of dropped it for a while. Um, and around like my sophomore, junior year, I was, I would tell people I'm liberal. I'd be like, yeah, like Hillary. Yeah. Like I'm with her or whatever. But around my junior year, I joined a writing program actually. And it was crazy. Like it was a feminist writing program and they would complain so much about being women that we wouldn't get writing done. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is ridiculous. And, um, it was so liberal and it kind of, they would talk about how like oppressed they were. And it kind of was ridiculous because we were going to this free writing program. We had like some of the best authors in the country come in and speak to us. It was all women. It was like a completely, we were in such a privileged position in that program. And I was like, I don't get how you guys are not seeing how ridiculous this is. Like, how about we write? How about we stop complaining and we do something? Um, so from there on, I started to actually research again and I started to really solidify my views. And although my parents agree with me, no one else does. Um, I do disagree with my parents on some things too. So I've definitely right. built my own opinions over the past few years. But now I go to college in a public university, like I said, in New Jersey, which is also a very blue state. So right. both my home and New Jersey are both very, very liberal. But it wasn't until 
probably the past year or so that I've become a lot more passionate again um, and like really dove into it. And I was like, how am I going to get involved with this? So I started to do the TikToks. I started to write a little bit and work with the American Pigeon. So here we are. That's awesome. Um, I think, I mean, I attest that too, like growing up, um, I grew up in a conservative home too. So it's like, it's easily, easily, like it's easy to relate to your parents. It's easy to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. because you don't feel like threatened by those conversations, but I, I can agree. Like I do have differencing opinions than my parents, you know, that I don't always agree hundred percent in regards to what they say. Like, for example, be, me being a gay conservative is super mm -hmm. different than coming from a very religious conservative family. So it's definitely something that I have formulated my own ideas, but I still hold true to my conservative values in regards to what direction I want to see this country move in. And that's what I think like to moving forward with this is that we play too much of the identity politics, such as like you, like you went with a group of women and, and, and by the standards of what the media says, like a woman should vote Democrat because you're so oppressed or mm -hmm. I should vote, I should vote Republican or vote Democrat because I'm gay. Like it's just, it's the identity politics, which I'm trying to facilitate an environment where we can have conversations. And I don't know how we've been, we've, we have become so polarized that if you can't just have a mix of opinions and fall right in the middle, which I feel like a lot of Americans do. But um, going off of what Michaela says, like she said that there was instances when she was first in situations where she felt like changing her, like how you said, you said, oh, I'm with her, like, and stuff like that. Like she feels like the same thing when she goes to college, like just when she's out and about or just any social event, she'll like make up these situations as a natural like survival strategy to fit in with a group of peers. Mm -hmm. um, and then once once she engages with them with the way that they want to be engaged with, it feels it feels as if those people are interested in what she has to say rather than just being completely shut down. Um, because if she just opened out with her conservative beliefs, she would be immediately shut down. So and she falls like probably where you and I fall. She's not a radical conservative and I wouldn't consider myself that either. But, you know, a lot of her beliefs were are pragmatic as well. And um, she posts a lot of these different articles and you can find her articles if you guys are listening to, on the post. It's titled, So Listen, Being a Conservative in College. Um, but she, she feels as if college should be a free space to share ideas, no matter what kind of idea they are, whether they're conservative, liberal, anything between anything far, you know, as long as it's not hurting individuals or making, you know, actually harming. So like, if you have a difference of opinion, it shouldn't be harming that person just because you don't agree with them. So like what, like as, at your university and even in your high school, you've experienced um, people with obviously very liberal ideas and how, how do you, how do you approach situations like that when you know going into it? And I know you can kind of tell based off of what a, a person's body language and how they're going to react to what you say. How do you do you avoid those conversations altogether or do you what kind of approach do you go at it? And like for listeners out there that are young conservatives, what kind of guidance would you give them if you want to give your opinion without coming on too strong? Well, one thing that I think is really interesting that you mentioned is that like we're not radical, like as a conservative, see everybody on the right, everybody who's even right leaning is, I was actually, I saw a, a libertarian say on TikTok and I'll often say like, I'm pretty libertarian. Like I might have my own views on things, but I'm never going to push that onto another person. Like right. I think we could win the culture war if it wasn't for so much government intervention constantly. Like humans relatively are conservative. So I always say like, I'm pretty libertarian, but they tell everybody that isn't a leftist, isn't liberal, that we're like crazy conservatives when right. in reality i literally can i mean granted i live in a very liberal area but i i know a lot of conservatives through tiktok 
etc. I don't know anybody who's a radical conservative, but I know like people who are blatantly like communist leftists and are fine with it. But in school, um, last year I wasn't very, I'm a sophomore. So my freshman year, I wasn't very outspoken, but I became a Christian over quarantine. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I've just got, I felt a lot more compelled to go into this field. So I started to talk more to like my friends about it. I have a few conservative friends and I have friends like last year who um, like last year, I would say I was more pro-choice with abortion and now I'm much more pro-life. And people, for some reason, get really sensitive over that. So mm-hmm. I like have very sensitive topic. It's such a sensitive topic, and it's mm-hmm. so funny because people people always say no uterus, no opinion, but no one wants to hear my opinion on it either. But I'll talk to people about it, and for some reason, when I was conservative last year, but I was pro choice, people were like, "Okay, like my girlfriends," but now people like don't like it. But no one asks me my opinion anymore. So I'll talk. I'll post on social media occasionally. They know I about my podcast. Not a lot of people know about my TikTok, but and they do find out I've had tons of people unfollow me. No one tries to spark a conversation with me, even though I'm totally happy to spark a conversation with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I posted something when that whole censorship stuff was happening with Trump and they were censoring conservatives on Twitter. Right. I posted something about it. And I was like, whether you're conservative or not, like this is, this should scare you. If they can censor us, they can censor you. People are coming in and they're like, he struck, he, he rose an insurrection. They're like, how can you support a terrorist? And I was like, we literally would have like a three, you know, text conversation. And they were like, oh, I agree with you. I was like, have you never had a different, like, have you never had a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with you that it was this easy to change your mind? Like, so through that. I think that goes back to like people living in their bubble. Like I, and I, I don't like, like, for example, like I have conservative and I have liberal friends. Like I know what I can and can't say to my liberal friends without making them angry at me. So, um, but I've never had, they have no hesitation to come at you and say that your beliefs are wrong, but I never go at them and tell them that they're wrong. I just, I respect their difference of opinion, but there's just like things that we, like you just talked about, like abortion. Like I will never be persuaded to the fact that I believe every life matters. And truly I believe the unborn lives of the people who can't speak up for themselves, their life matters to me. Exactly. And that's the voice I want to give them. So like there's certain things that I will never budge on. Obviously now, now that you said becoming a Christian during quarantine, like I will never be, my foundation of God will never be faltered based off what someone believes. Like I will never, those are just things that I'm never going to. And we can agree to disagree. And that that's where that conversation should stop. But I feel like if we live in these echo chambers where we just surround ourselves by either A, just liberals or A or B, just conservatives, we live in this echo chamber and we really can't grow as a society because how are new ideas and new formations moving forward to be formulated? And I think we've truly lost that common ground where we, for example, if you want to have, um, if we want to have a pro-life country, we also need to think on the other end, we need to have more accessible female um, female access to birth control and stuff like that. So like for the staunch Republicans who say, no, we're not doing either, you're not really listening. Because if you want to get an outcome, you have to give. And I feel like if we can get back to that common ground and talk about the reasons why abortions are occurring and the not ex- like people not having access to healthcare and not having access to like contraceptives, it's going to lead in a decreased amount of abortions where we won't even have to think or talk about it if we can give people access to it. Mm-hmm. And that's just one entity moving forward, you know. But I think we need to get away from the echo chambers. Truly, I think that's what's our biggest mistake. And I blame the media at that point because when you paint someone as a domestic terrorist just for being mildly conservative, you you paint this image and the left literally believes that you are that 
when you, if you actually take a minute to talk to a conservative like me or you, you would realize that there's more than the surface of what the media is trying to tell them. Exactly. And I became pro-life way before I became a Christian. So like my freshman year, I was pro-life, no pro-choice. And then I listened to somebody talk at Congress about what abortion actually is. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, like back up. They rip this baby apart and like suck it out with that. Like, this is insane. And I started to look into like what the actual abortion argument was. And I was like, how is anybody okay with this? But then I became a Christian. So now people are like separation of church and state. And I'm like, yo, like I, <laughs> like my, my views on abortion has nothing to do. Well, it does. it's strengthened by my faith, obviously, but it wasn't grounded in that initially. But people automatically make that assumption. And I'm like, you have no clue. Like you, you automatically said that about me and you don't even know if that's what, that's where it came from. Um, but like you said, with the echo chamber, I see it on both sides. Like it's mm -hmm. tough and it's easy to fall into that now because ultimately something I've said is like, we don't really have like trivial, like, you know, complicated differences anymore. Like they're pretty fundamental. Like, yeah. It, are the things of America, like, are the foundations of America, like, is our constitution good? Or, like, is America an inherently, like, racist, evil, sexist, bigoted country that, like, we need to tear apart? Like, that is literally the two sides of the conversation. I've you heard. ever think about how we got there? Like, we got to the point where, if, like, truly, they believe that white people are the devil. And, so and I, mean, I mean, like, so sincerely, and, like, they're, like, they, it, they've led to, you know, all these different things. And I'm just, like, what is, and it's like, it's even more triggering to me when a white person comes forward and says all these statements about white people and they're white. Like um, Ryan, Ryan McCartan, have yes. you seen TikTok? I'm like, and someone made a comment. He was like, I'm racist, I'm oppressive, I'm set, like, and I'm like, and someone commented like, if you're, a, if you're saying the same things that the KKK said, you're not being woke. Like that's like people genuinely think like my educate, I'm an educate, I'm a speech pathology. So I'm technically like an education major. Right. And in one of my education classes, we read parts of Robin D'Angelo's white fragility. And this was before it was like a huge thing. Like this was before right. June, like this was my fall semester. So this was like, I read white fragility, which basically said white people are just oppressors and everybody else is the oppressed women are like, uh, like white women like me, are on like a tier right below white men and then black men, black, like whatever the situation was. And I was reading it and I was like, do people think that this is the path to unity? Like, do people really look at this and they're like, yeah, this is what's gonna get us closer to a more civilized and like less racist, less divided country. Cause when you fight bigotry and division with more bigotry and division, like it literally is just going to lead to more bigotry and division and no one sees it. And then I'll say that and people are like, you're just white. You don't see it. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like, I don't even know. Cause you can't argue that either. You no. can't say, no, I'm, I, but you look into the statistics and half the statistics aren't even accurate. Like the statistics that they say aren't true. And it just makes everybody hate each other. And it's like, right. what are you, what are they trying to achieve here? Because in college, even I see students and the identity politics, like, it's like, this um this guy Vody Bauckham talks a lot about it. It's called something like ethnic Gnosticism. Like mm -hmm. one group of people know something that the other people don't, and you can't fight with them. You can't have dialogue with them because you're not in that group. But that's a toxic way to view any type of like any type of civil dialogue. Like if you were to look at something like slavery, where a lot of white people were a part of the conversation, even like abortion, right? Men can't be a part of the conversation. No civil rights thing would have ever been passed if it wasn't for 
a group of diverse people coming together and fixing it. Correct. And, and what, I think so that's why I think that's why they fear Donald Trump so much is because he preached unity. And no matter who you are, what the color of your skin, no matter where you came from, no matter what you know job you had, if you were the right person for the job and you set forth and actually tried to inherit the American dream and you put the work in, then you were destined for the greatness. And I think that the unity that he was preaching in regards to those retrospects and like building the country up as one and not as building up the black individuals or the Hispanic individuals and just building, unifying the country together and building it all up together, all as one. I think that's what the left feared the most is that there would actually be unity in this country. We wouldn't be divisive based on our socioeconomic status, the color of our skin, our educational level, no matter what it is. And I think that's what they feared the most. It was unity. And like, right, now, yeah. right now we're so divisive It's and it's we're toxic. So bad. We're so bad. It's so sad because I look around and I'm like, y'all think I'm the big evil conservative, but I don't care who you, what you look like. I don't care who you sleep with. Like, <laughs> I really don't care. Like, right. and I'm sure like people are going to be like, I, I know some people say like conservatives, like liberals aren't helpful today. And yes, there's crazy leftists who agreed like they don't contribute a lot of good into the conversation. Right. But ultimately, like conservatives and liberals do need to balance each other out. And there has to be some sort of middle ground. But mm -hmm. I talked to some people and they're, they don't want middle ground. And it's sad, but the Democrat Party functions on people being disadvantaged. Like it's because they're the party of welfare, they're the party of handouts. And I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but it's true. So when you give these people like a ladder instead of a rope, and you give them an opportunity to actually make something of themselves instead of relying on the government, they lose their power. Reliance is power. And you explain this to people and they get offended. But it's like, I'm the one who's saying you can do it. I'm the one who's saying you can have a baby and be successful. I'm the one saying you don't need the government to help you get into college. And then they say, I'm the bigot. I'm like, why, do I, why do I feel like we look at it as, as optimistic and they look at everything as pessimistic? Like you could give them a ladder. They'll be like, but is that ladder GMO free? Like, I just feel like, you know, it's just, you try to like, you try to talk in a way that people understand and you don't want to sound like you're coming on too strong. You don't want to sound rude. And that's not that, but I, I hate when our facts and we present them with actual factual evidence and research and stats that they get offended by that. That shouldn't, your, the fact shouldn't affect your feelings. And it is, and that's what I think is sad. But how do you, as a college student, how how do you think we should approach it moving forward? How do you, how do you think, because we can't just be silent. That's just not the answer. We can't yeah. just crawl yeah. aside and be like, okay, I'm a conservative and these are all liberal people and I can't voice my opinion. How do we get out of that bubble? And how do we make it more common where it's an accepting area where, where no matter what you believe in, as you, as long as you're not killing people or hurting people, it's accepted. I first think people need to educate themselves. Um, and if you're a liberal, I don't care. If you're conservative, I don't care. Just actually believe in what you believe in. And oh gosh. Um, and know why. Yes, and know why. Because I'll speak to people and they don't even, I'll be like, but what about this? And it's like, they haven't spent five minutes even thinking about what they believe. And I don't really care what you believe, just have it grounded in reality and don't make it like all about feelings and don't make it all about your identity because your identity is ultimately something you can't really change most parts of your identity, your skin color, right. et cetera, you know? Um, so first of all, be educated. Second of all, approach it all in love. I know that's corny, but I've seen conservatives who on TikTok, like 
TikTok has opened my eyes a lot and I've only had TikTok for like a month. And there are some conservatives who can be jerks and who can be condescending. And especially on TikTok, there's lots of people who have like massive superiority complexes <laughs> and people need to understand that not everybody's gonna agree with you, but don't give in to the stereotype that conservatives already hold. Like don't go into a situation and be a jerk about it. Don't be condescending and just have a conversation with people. Um, and honestly, especially with Biden's presidency, now that both chambers are Democrat, the, the executive is Democrat, and the only thing that's really holding us up is the Supreme Court, I think people really need to actually start speaking up. It's scary and it sucks. And like, I've personally actually lost friends. I'm nervous about my bosses finding my TikTok and finding my stuff and like firing me. Like, these are things I actually have to think about as a conservative. And I don't think people understand that. But ultimately, it's scary but it's worth it. And you'll find people who agree with you. And I've had people who have DM'd me for my college and been like, thank you for speaking up about these things because no one agrees with me. And there's more people than you think too. Right. Yeah. so many closeted conservatives. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean that so wholeheartedly. Like there's so many people who are like, thank you for actually not being crazy. And I'm like- <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I had so much of a harder time coming out as conservative than I did coming out as gay, which is so <laughs> terrible. It is so sad. I'm like, there's oh so God. many people who have said that, like, who've told me that, and they're like, like, and the thing is, is like, most people are moderate. It's just the loud, annoying, obnoxious people who are literally, I've literally been called a terrorist. I spoke about, I'm not even a huge, like, I, I, I voted for Trump and I supported Trump, but I'm not even like, I don't own like MAGA stuff. Like, I'm not a crazy, didn't go to Trump rallies. Like, I just voted for the guy. Like, he was better aligned with my views. And someone in my comment section was like, you MAGA moron, or like, I said that um, he shouldn't be censored, like hot take, I know super controversial. People were like, have fun at the Klan meeting. And I was like, y'all are crazy. Like y'all are actually crazy. Actually like, crazy. Like that is such an evil, like assertion to make about another human. And I was like, y'all, that's it, you, you guys are crazy. Like, I don't even know how to speak to these people. <laughs> that's It gets to the point where you're just so overwhelmed and and you're just like, how do you even argue with this? Like, how do you even, you can't even change, you can't change their mind. You really can't. Like when Amy Coney Barrett got in and they were like, they're like, she's racist. And then people were like, she has two black children from Haiti. And they're like, she's a clone. Um, she's a colonizer. I was like, I, I can't, I can't converse with these people. Like if you're going to call somebody who adopted two children, a colonizer, cause she helped two children who were in otherwise probably situations that they were literally dying. And you're like, she's a colonizer. Like, it's Where, like, like, how do you get to that point? You can't even, you can't even speak. But I've just learned that ultimately the people who are meant to, you know, there are people who will listen and there are people who might get your mind, who might change their minds and they might be like far and few between, but eventually it does pay off. And eventually you start to realize that maybe you're changing people's minds or people are getting a different perspective on conservatism. And my goal isn't to necessarily just like get people to vote differently. Like I just want people to think like that is it. Like I don't we want- just, We just launched on our, our thing in uh, SUNY, which is one of the other um, people who run Primetime Patriots. She made a shirt and it's what she says all the time on her live shows. It's make America think again. Yes, that's it. And I tell people that all the time. Like my friends will ask me um, about my views and I'm like, I'll explain the facts, but I'm like, don't just listen to me, like research, like do your own research. But right. like having people now tell me, they're like, how can I get involved? Like one of my best friends, she's like a conservative, but she's quiet about it. Right. And I've had a lot of conversations with her in the past few years. And she's like the past few months. And she's like, 
maybe if I get more educated, like I could hop on the TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, it doesn't even have to start there. Like, just don't be ashamed of your views. Like you're right. not the crazy one. Like we're the people who've held the same views for, like we're the people who have at least the fundamental views that society has functioned well with for hundreds right. of years. Like you're not the one who are denying. Well, I think you know, a lot, a lot of our, a lot of our prime time pages that tune in and listen are scared to voice and scared to how do we get over that hump? Like what, if you had to give them a word of advice and how they can get more involved locally, because that's where it starts. Like we re reiterate that every day. It starts locally and then it goes by state and then, you know, regionally and then we get to the federal level. Everything is not executively decided on, you know, the federal, you know, what whatever the man with the pen is doing right now. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's getting involved locally. And then that's how we make movements across the country. Our school boards, you know, our colleges and universities. I think more college students should be like you and should be eager to learn about politics. And I feel like a lot of people are like, um, we don't talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. When I think those are fundamental things in our society that need to be addressed, because how are you going to educate yourself? When, what, where is it appropriate for those conversations to occur? I think it's appropriate to have those conversations when other people are having those conversations. Because ultimately, I mean, yes, there's conversations that you can bring in. But it's funny because like leftists will shove secularism down your throat leftists will shut shove leftism down your throat i took a class i know you said you're gay i took a class two se two semesters ago and it was lgbtq and pop culture which is fine like it was some fsp right. and i'm not joking we legitimately watched gay porn in the class like i'm, I'm not i'm not even i'm not exaggerating because it was about culture and it was about culture don't even get me started. It was crazy. I don't know what gay culture they're having, but that's not my culture. I, I know, I know. But it was something, well, first of all, we watched, it was all about like sex. So I'm sitting there and I wasn't a Christian at the time. And any of it, like we literally watched like BDSM. <laughs> and I was like, oh. and like, I was like, this is whack. This is whack. But like, if I can go into a class and do that, but I'm like scared to be like, um, I think that there should be like, you know, the taxation shouldn't be like 70% for the rich. Like that's crazy. But like exposing me at the time, I was a freaking so here, so get this. They're doing this and showing porn in class, but you're not allowed to say, Hey, I think babies should be able to be born. And they're like, I know. Oh, I know. how I know. dare you? Misogynist. And I'm like, y'all are the one who are, who has a freaking PowerPoint of literally objectifying women and like an industry that is trafficking children. And y'all are like, no, like it's my right to murder my unborn child. Like, are you, I'm, and I'm the crazy one, but it's like, if that can be in a conversation, if that can be in a classroom. Do you and, ever feel like we're living in the twilight zone? I keep saying like my boyfriend, he's always like, politics is like, like comedy. Things that were comedy five years ago are like reality now. And it's like very like Orwellian. And sometimes I'm like looking around and I'm like, like when they say that racism is power plus prejudice now. And I'm like, that is not the definition of racism. Like, I don't know where you've gotten that idea from. And then they're like ACLU. I'm like, oh ACLU. We call, that, uh, we call that indoctrination. Look I know. At, I'm look like, like, like they're make, they're gaslighting you. Like that's not what racism is. <laughs> and people like, and I always say to people, I'm like, we could have no idea what's going on in DC. DC could be burning to the ground. Only the people in DC would know about it because the media can tell us whatever we want. Like we literally consume. That's all we consume. So I always say to people, I'm like, just don't trust them. Like, just don't trust anything, but right. get over that hump. Sorry, I went on a tangent. It's fine. It's a good <laughs> Um, 
bring in a conversation, ask questions. That's another thing. So like when people say things to you, if you're like, if you're, when someone called me a snow roach, for example, fun, fun, what? snow roach. I like, don't get offended by these things. I find them really funny. It's basically, what does that even mean? Oh, it's a, it's a racist slur against white women. And I was like, it was of course like an old guy. I was like, yeah, sweet. Like this. Wow. Like whatever. So and I get called these things. And I'm like, that was a very racist, sexist comment to me. People will be like, they can't be racist towards you. You're white. And I'm like, okay, why? And they don't know how to answer. And it's like, if you ask questions, maybe they'll think. Um, and don't be invasive. Just ask questions. Ask them to make definition. Like if they define, if they say something, ask them to define it. Like, like fascism. Like fascism. Or like, well, like silencing of the president of the United States or removing people off platforms is not fascism. Fascism yeah, exactly. is Donald Trump. Yeah not the guy who signed 40 executive orders in a week. Um, so they'll say that or like intersectionality, which to an extent is like an okay conversation, but you'll ask them what intersectionality is. They'll say it. And then you're like, okay, so in other words, if you're this person, you automatically hold an oppressor stance. Whereas if you're this person, you're automatically oppressed. Like this person can be grow up in poor West Virginia and this person can grow up in a penthouse in Manhattan and they're still the oppressor and they're the oppressed. And I'll be like, um, and I'm like, yeah, like you see how ridiculous this sounds. Um, posts on social media, that sounds annoying, but like if you're going to see things that are ridiculous, you can post it and talk about it. And maybe that'll raise people's questions and people might unfollow you. Don't have a social media tracker thing. That's going to tell you who unfollowed you or anything like that. Cause I had that. Cause I was like, just curious. Like I posted about how abortion was the leading, leading kill, leading death, leading cause of death. And like 10 people unfollowed me, like people I thought I was friends with. And I was like, okay, like that wasn't even controversial. I can get a whole lot more controversial on here, but that made them uncomfortable. Said, oh, 10 unfollows. Let's make that 20. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, I was like, that was not even that controversial, but it obviously like made them uncomfortable, which isn't necessarily my, my goal, Right. but if they're uncomfortable, they were most likely thinking about it. So I'm like, okay, maybe they're thinking about it or people will slide into your DMS and then that they will come in hot and heavy and they'll be mean and they'll call you names. But then you can have a conversation and so many people's minds get changed and they realize you're not like an evil person and they actually right. want to a speak like a conversation with you and it, at first it might be scary and intimidating but ultimately i think people will start to see like once biden's executive policy starts to get actually passed i think they're going to realize like i think they're going to start seeing things and they're going to be like hold up this is what this is what's happening like gen z is a more conservative generation than millennials which is funny to me but I think it's because people are starting to see like firsthand what we're learning in schools and like Marxism and critical race theory and like this push for like communistic, not even socialist, like communistic principles, like, the, yeah. like the, the dismantling of the nuclear family for one, the, this idea that like homeschooling should be illegal, like these things. And I'm like, y'all, this is not normal. And I think people are starting to realize, so people might be a little bit more open-minded than you think, but ultimately just ask questions and start conversations. That's like the first thing you can do. Do it in your classroom and just talk to your friends about it. Right, because I think I feel like there's a lot of us, like you said, that are <laughs> conservatives. And I think if we all like started to be more vocal in a, not an aggressive way, not in an undertone that would make them feel like you're attacking them, but just be more outspoken and be like, yeah, I have these values and it's cool and I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with that. You don't have those same opinions and we can still be friends and we can still, you know, go have drinks and, you know, all this different things, you know, whatever it is. Um, 
But I wanted to uh, take the time to thank you, Emily, for coming on here. It's oh, been yeah. it's been a super pleasure, super fun. Um, if you guys want to follow Emily, Emily, one more time, shout out all your different social media right. platforms. Well, so that you can my Instagram, my personal Instagram is mrinaldi, so E-M-M-R-I-N-A-L-D-I. Then we have a TikTok account, The American Pigeon. And we have a Instagram, same username. And then our website is AmericanPigeon.org, where we basically just talk about different things. You can find my podcast actually on there. I haven't released one in a little bit, but it is up there. Um, and we basically have a bunch of different articles and stuff that y'all could even contribute to if you wanted. So yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Well, thank you so much once again. Um, hopefully we'll have you on here again. And what's, you know, who knows the couple months down the road, what the heck we'll be talking about. If oh maybe, maybe your conservative camp will be next to mine, we can say hi, whatever, you know, <laughs> but uh, thank you once again. Um, but guys, thanks for tuning into our podcast. And for those of you watching this on YouTube, thanks for tuning in. Um, making sure that you guys are liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this with your friends, share it to our Facebook as well. Um, if you guys just uh, watched our big announcement earlier today, we had, we launched our Patreon account. You just search the Primetime Patriots, become an exclusive member. Um, but that is all we have for you guys, and we are tuning out. Bye, guys.